Welcome to the Further North Podcast, your weekly dose of the North Melbourne Footy Club. My name is Josh and this is a fan-run podcast doing match previews, reviews and everything North. Let's get it started. conflicted are we all feeling right now we've just won 132 to 97 against the gold coast suns we've just won a game by 35 points i haven't seen that in years we scored 132 points nick larky kicked nine goals and we've lost the number one draft pick potentially i mean west coast might win but what what a conflict to have in our minds i'm riding high on the win uh, you know, what do I even say? Uh, last week on the preview podcast, I was saying, I want Harley Reid. But did I shift during that game? Did my thoughts change during that game? We'll get into it. I've had done some last-minute recruiting and I've uh, I've sweet-talked Admin 3 from North Melbourne close to a flag to jump on a Zoom call and just talk about this win because we don't get many of them and we got to talk about it. we got to talk about it. So we're going to jump straight into that. We're going to switch you guys over to the Zoom chat that I did with Admin3 from Close to a Flag. We talk everything. We get some hard-hitting questions. We, we dive in. We talk about the ultimate conflict. Was it worth winning for morale or should we have lost for Harley Reid? We get into that. Enjoy that interview, guys, and I'll talk to you after the interview. Bye. All right, guys, we have admin number three royalty around the Further North podcast here. Look, I had to do a late-minute, uh, last-minute call-up, to be honest, because North Melbourne have just won a game of football, which is incredibly conflicting. <laughs> which oh, unbelievable. Yeah, which we'll dive into. But I said, my brain said, I need someone on the podcast now because this is it's, it's more rare than a lunar eclipse. Oh, honestly, at this point, yeah. Um, I genuinely couldn't believe it. Um, it's just <laughs> probably like, what, 10 minutes into the second quarter, I was like, normal service resumed. Gold Coast is up by 28 points. Yep. And yeah, um, I think, yeah, I mean, the weirdest thing is first off, we've won a game. Um, but I think mm. the second point is that I find really weird is we won a game comfortably as well. I said um, this as well because I, I worked yeah. till three today, but we have it on in the barber shop, and myself and Big yeah. Ant were were watching it together. Um, what a fitting end to the season as well. West Coast and North uniting as one in Mitcham. Uh, but exactly right. I did make a comment to him, and I said, "I don't remember the last time that we were playing a game and we were up comfortably in the fourth. It did get a little shaky towards the end, a little bit, but just." Yeah. One, how were you feeling in that last quarter? Was there was there conflict on your mind? We may as well dive straight into all these questions. I mean, yeah. obviously we had this um, was the real Harley Reid Cup, you know. So going was, into yeah. the game, what did your head say and what did your heart say you wanted the result to be? Um, like honestly, I am probably and kind of always have been, as despite what the shit posts may say, um, <laughs> on the uh on in the camp where there's more to there's there's more to rebuilding than the number one draft pick. Um, yeah. I think given how stacked this draft is, um, yes, sure Harley Reid is is the most outstanding player, but I still think you know having my my head was still 
it was more 50 50. I'm like, look, it's probably a win win if we win or lose today. We get Harley Reid or we get like a Daniel Curtin or a Riley Sanders um, who are still very good. Um, yeah. And Nick Watson as well. Exactly. Yeah. Nick Watson, who um, I actually haven't spoken too much about. But um, yeah, I think like in my heart, obviously wanted to win. But in my head, I was kind of like, look, be better if we had Harley Reid. But at the same time, I'm not mad. Like yeah. um, the rest of the draft is still good. And we have a stacked hand regardless. Um, it is true. Yeah. You, you look at like the, um, you look at, I mean, the draft hand we have. Um, if we were to go all in on like, you know, Harley Reid and maybe one or two others, we'll probably lose Harley Reid after a little bit if he doesn't, if he goes down the Jason Horn Francis pathway. But um, <laughs> I don't think yeah. that will happen though with, with him. I think yeah. I, I've talked a lot about this. Uh, at work this week and and and, and except horn francis aside i'm struggling to think of a time that someone that high got drafted and instantly wanted to go home and i don't think the going home factor is is actually that big of a thing like think about west coast yeah. premiership team a few years ago most of the team was victorian well, at least yeah, half of the yeah. team was victorian i just don't think it's that big of a thing until you know all banter aside Jason Orn Francis really made this thing popular. And other than that, mm. I, d- I don't think we ever talked about this before, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I think just, yeah, my, um, my thoughts really, are. I'm like, I mean, mainly the biggest feeling going through my head at the moment is one of kind of relief in a way. Because um, we won a game or. Yeah, I think so. Just yeah, honestly, yeah. losing twenty games in a row, shit, and losing <laughs> in the way we, in, losing in the way we have, is honestly almost worse than twenty twenty two because, like, you know, the game would be over by quarter time. Um, yeah. Whereas this year, North's given me just enough hope to be invested <laughs> to hold on and cling on to something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you look at like what St Kilda by sixteen, well, um, like ten points, Essendon mm. by what, six and then seven points. Um, and then um, even the days we were up, you know, for a good chunk of the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we're pretty much. Um, we're not as, we're not, we're not pushovers anymore. And you do look no. back at a lot of results and you go, there has been a lot of games we've lost under a roughly 10 to like two goals. And I'm probably, yeah. 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 Like looking at our record for the season, you see, two wins and you're like, we haven't improved. But when you look back at the individual games, you know, we've been so much better and so much more competitive. I think it is a small win to take. I don't think we should be like, Oh, look at the improvement, but you know, we have been more competitive and better because that there's an essence of a game plan there, you know? So exactly yeah. right. Yeah. I was having a look at the, um, like, I know, I think it was Lee Matthews was talking about it, like percentage is a means of looking at competitiveness and yeah, um, I think it was uh, 2021. We had I think 59 percent. 2022, really, wow, five, um, like 55 percent, which is like on average losing like 50 points. Yeah, um, and this year 71 percent. So I think when people mm. like talk about you know North Melbourne's rebuilding and like no club rebuilding is that bad, but like we were rebuilding from a very long way back. Yeah, so absolutely. We, we were going from like North Melbourne level rebuild, like historically bad rebuild. Now we're kind of Yes, we're a bottom two side, but we're, we're a bottom two side in the scope of a normal range. Like, yeah. um, it's kind of where you'd expect the average struggling club to struggle. Um, 
So yeah, um, I think yeah, we're no longer pushovers. We're not good by any means. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. But, Let's um, not get ahead of ourselves, guys. Yeah, um, but now I can go into games being disappointed with a loss rather than happy with a forty-point loss. Yeah, co- correct. Yeah, it's the honourable loss thing, isn't it? And that that was definitely getting old at at some point. But look. I think it's a nice way to end end the year and it sucks we couldn't yeah. get a win for Cunners or for Zebes, but, you know, we've really sandwiched this year with wins at the start, wins at the end, and a lot of just gross Devon from Coles in the middle of it. And, oh, yeah. you know, the, the old Devon sandwich of a season. And I, I don't know, it, it it's like it's all come back full circle. It's the circle of life and uh, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't know how... I, I was genuinely when I think I said this on the podcast last week when we lost, uh, when we're sorry when West Coast won and we dropped down to last, I actually did feel excited because Harley Reid has been talked about more than any other draft pick has ever been spoken about. I think I've heard his name for the last two seasons. People have been saying, you know, how good this kid's oh, going to yeah. be, and yeah. there was genuine excitement there, and I didn't know how I would feel after that West Coast game, but then when I was starting to watch the game, I thought, yeah, we'll lose this eventually, but they're, they're putting in another effort and there's going to be another honorable loss. And then they just kept on top of them. We looked so hungry and my, I've honestly never been more conflicted in my life. Like I didn't know what I wanted to happen because I think it's one thing to say, Oh yeah, you want to go out there and win every game set standards. And I agree with that, but there's a massive prize if you don't. And I think we, it's, it's okay to be conflicted and it's okay to want the club to lose, but it's crazy how much my attitude swung. And let me know if this was you as well. And I think a lot of North fans seemed like they felt like this half time came about and we came out and looked good. And I was like, screw it. I want to win this game. I don't know why, but my gut's telling me I want to win this. And I never thought I'd feel that way. And especially, I think for me, it was more three-quarter time. Um, yeah, so, yeah. like, And I think especially sort of as we kicked those opening couple of goals in the last quarter, I was like, because like, you know, three-quarter time, I was kind of like, look, we, we might bottle this at some point. We might, it might just run yeah. out of gas. Like we pretty much have nearly every time we've been in front of three-quarter time, we've just run out of gas. Um, Absolutely. And um, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. And in um, this game, I was pretty much like 10 minutes in the last quarter. We probably have this one locked up, bar that little resurgence from Gold Coast at the end. They got within three goals, I think. Yeah, three goals. Um, Mm. They got to within 18 points. But um, yeah, I was just, they looked so composed. And even then when Gold Coast was scoring only really the third goal, they really had any sort of momentum. The first two goals were against the run of play. Um, Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was just amazing to see us hold momentum so late in the match. Um, And they looked, and like you said, they looked hungry. They looked willing to, like the amount of times Nick Larkey got hit up on the chest or they tried oh, to yeah. do so. Um, the amount well, of how about that was, Gold Coast bloke laying yeah. into his chest and giving him a free kick right oh, in, front yeah. of, in front of goal? Like he went for him too. Like he, that wasn't just like yeah. a bump, like, yeah, good job, mate, or one of those ones. That was a full on, like, going to put my yeah. shoulder into your throat and put you on the turf right in front of the umpire. Exactly right. Yeah. I mean, that was just silly. It's um, wild. I, yeah. I mean, it's. Um, yeah, it was just good to see. Um, it was just good to see us. Yeah, kind of want more and still Fight like. Too. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I mean, it kind of helped, you know, being last game of the season. You know, that's mm. it. You can just sort of wrap up. But 
um, it kind of shows what we can do. It also shows kind of like what the players can do when they're good. Cause yes. both the, yeah. Cause I, I feel like, you know, in a really close win, you don't, I mean, you get to see how they perform under pressure, but you don't get to see who some, sometimes you don't actually get to see who stands out in a dominant performance. Um, yeah, true. So you don't, yeah. See them at their, you don't get to see them at their absolute best because sometimes a close win can mean we're not performing as well as we can. Yeah. When there's something on the line, that's when the real players are going to step up and, and show something. And I think this is actually a, a good, a good caveat to lead off here. Cause I've got a couple of dot points for talking points here. And one of them is, did we turn up in round 23 because we are better than we think we are, or is it just the last game of the season? And goal, obviously Gold Coast didn't have much to play for. They couldn't make the finals. They weren't going to drop any lower under Hawthorne. Did we show up because this is what we can do or did we show up because there wasn't anything to lose and Gold Coast didn't have the motivation? Even though I would say at the start of the game, the Gold Coast did come out pretty strong. Yeah. Well, I think to be honest, um, we had nothing. Like we have, I'll go with a couple of things. So we had nothing to gain by winning today. Um, and Gold mm. Coast had nothing to gain. I think they stay in the same ladder position regardless of whether they win or lose. I think they dropped behind Fremantle actually because the yeah. Dockers won. Okay. Yeah, that's right, of course. But they couldn't um, get, yeah, they went to 15th, but there was yeah. no chance they were dropping lower. But I guess it doesn't mean much. Exactly right, yeah. But also, I mean, we've kind of got two identical, um, you know, mean as a scientist liking to analyse um, controls and, and interventions. But um, mm. we've, we have an identical experiment, which was last year's final round of the season against Gold Coast at home, again. Um, True. I genuinely think that this this week we played well because I think we are actually better than what we think we are. Yeah. Um, and not only that, I like, I mean, last year, if this was the team of last year, we would not have won. Um, Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And I like, and the only way you can do that in against, you know, a pretty similar Gold Coast outfit is if you are better. Um, mm. The good thing is we've kind of gotten rid of players who, in my opinion, have sort of underperformed, like, you know, a Jack Marnie or um, even, um, look, Jack Zebel, love him to bits, but, you know, he was past his prime and Ben Cunnington has, you know, since he came back from treatment, sadly, has been kind of off Not his game. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But th this week, you know, was really um, a lot about the young kids, especially they were really standing out. We weren't, we weren't being disappointed by older players, but rather we were getting excited by younger players. There wasn't really any older players that I found I was besides Goldstein getting particularly excited about. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me, um, it was all, yeah. Again, she's all, even Charlie Lazaro was playing all right. Um, yep. Who else was there? Um, even there like Taren Tar Thomas was yeah. there. He was really good. Simkin, I thought, had one of his, or if not his best game, potentially, uh, you know, a guy who I think is a good leader for our club, but has had a pretty down year compared to yeah. what he did the season before. But, you know, his game against the Bombers a couple of weeks ago and this game here where he's two best for the year for me, stats wise yeah. and just impact on the game wise. So, yeah, I think, I think it is a mixture of both. I think there was nothing to lose. And the stakes weren't high, so we could play with that freedom. But it also is because Gold Coast maybe weren't. If Gold Coast were fighting for a finals berth, would it have been the same? Probably not, but you could take it as a positive, but let's not sort of get carried away with it. But it was crazy to me to see how good we really did look 
when we yeah. were confident. And I haven't seen this team confident like that. You, you alluded to Charlie Lazara, and this is a player that I've written down in one of the one of the positives, which was Lazaro Phillips and Powell just oh, took Powell, over this yeah. game for for periods of time, which we haven't seen before. The, those guys have all like Lazaro's had a you know limited opportunity, but when he has got his opportunity, he hasn't really shown anything. This was the first game in the AFL that Lazaro's made me go, that's what he can do. And that's what he's been doing at VFL level. You know, Phillips, yeah. he's been up and down, but a pretty solid season after the season he had before. Powell, I, I, last week I did say maybe think about trading Tom Powell, but that's not because I don't believe in his ability. It's just how stacked our midfield might be. Is he going to find a place? But I, I've never seen this team that confident yeah. running together as a group, supporting each other. We we tore through the middle of the ground and up the wings. I've never seen us transition oh, yeah. the ball like that. Yeah, and I just remember like um, there was a little bit of the game, I think it was the third quarter, a bit of the third quarter where I had to um, hop on the radio, but the amount of times I heard at centre bounces and clearances, Tom Powell's name get called yep. was incredible. I really think today was probably one of his one of his best games. Um, oh, for sure. And- yeah, and Will Phil, he's really like he's just an absolute accumulator when it comes to the ball. Um, he's finds a way to be everywhere. Um, and it's kind of he was the one player I'm kind of annoyed we haven't used more this season. Um mm. he's been, I know, especially early in the year, he was very unlucky to sort of be an emergency and not be picked. But um, yeah, I think I think he's really like these players, Powell, um, Phillips, and even even Lazaro to an extent do have a place, especially as we begin to sort of rebuild and hopefully climb back up the ladder. Yeah, true. Well, that's actually another point I've got here. I said, do Lazaro and Powell have a place in this team long-term? And it's very hard to talk about now. Mm. Um, And obviously we've got the off-season pod coming up uh, in the next week or so, but like, uh, yeah, I've never, I've never seen that from Lazaro before at AFL level. And Tom Powell has had moments because we know he's a very good player thinking about what our midfield could be with, if it's Reed or Sanders, we get with LDU and Wardlaw, Taron Thomas, Simkin, all these guys. Do these guys have a place here? Do you think long-term? Yeah. Um, I think for Lazaro, maybe not as long as um, Tom Powell. Um, yeah. I think Lazaro probably he's not he's not the kind of player I think that would be and look I hope I'm proven wrong because I quite like him um he doesn't seem like the kind of player that would carry through into a uh like finals contending outfit whereas Tom Powell I can see yeah you know, okay if, I, I can see him coming up you know as we sort of you know hopefully go up to go up in the ladder you know to really try and contend for those last two final spots yeah yeah true I mean you know like I said, Lazaro really, really impressed me today. And so did Tom Powell. I just think, I don't know, Lazaro as that, imagine if he could do something like that as a sub or something like that. Yeah. I think that could really be his role in like a finals contending team. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we see long-term it, it's all ifs and buts at the moment, but unreal from those guys today. Here's another question then that sort of is involved with that as well. How come we look better without LDU and Wardlaw in this midfield? And that's a little bit of a loaded question. I don't believe those words, but I think it's an interesting talking point because our midfield looked so buttery smooth today. 
I've never, that's yeah. the best midfield performance I've seen for a long time. Even just transitioning the ball from um, the back 50 to the forward 50, I've never seen it smoother. And we were arguably without our two best midfielders. Yeah, I think maybe instead this shows that we've maybe got a little bit more depth than what we realised. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is LDU and Wardlaw, they're objectively good players um, on their own. Absolutely. Um, I guess it's in, it'd be interesting to see how they um, fit in. Part of me is thinking of like FIFA, do they have good team chemistry? <laughs> team um, chem? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a gold rated, but they've got 30 yeah. chemistry. Um, <laughs> and that's why we lose 3-0 to... West Coast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I digress. But um, yeah, it's, um, I think maybe, and I think this is more comes down to a team mentality thing without those two in the team, maybe there was a responsibility or a conversation had where they kind of had to step up um, yeah. where they're like, look, you know, you don't have the safety of, of, you know, someone as trustworthy with the ball as LDU. Cause like he moves so smoothly. Absolutely. Um, maybe they had to, um, to sort of, you know, step it up a little bit, which is a bit of a shame that, you know, they need that sort of um, uh, event to sort of galvanize them into really going into playing basically the game of their lives. But um, yeah. I mean, it shows that, you know, if we don't have LDU, for me, I'm sort of more optimistic about it. If we don't, if we don't have LDU in Wardlaw, we can still win games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there is a little bit of, Oh, mayo on it in a way of if this wasn't round 23, do we get those performances from the guys? Cause we've seen maybe throughout the year that yeah. suggests maybe not, but you know, I'm not taking away anything from their performance. Cause I guess we're just talking individual game, but you know, obviously I don't want Ward Lauren LDU out of this side. It was more just a question to, to debate that topic because once again, I, I don't think I've, I've seen our midfield look, look that good. Like I wrote a couple of things down here just our skills, like picking the ball up on the half volley and feeding the yeah. handballs out to people. We were so accurate with our handballing, our, our kicks and all that sort of stuff were just, were just on point. Like our transition from the back 50 has been the worst in the league all year. Like that is, yeah. there is nothing we've been worse at than getting that ball out of our back 50 into our forward 50. And we just, we just walked through them and yeah. it was unbelievable to watch. Yeah, I think the last four rounds and the first four rounds, we've been a lot more confident with our transition. Um, what mm. I've noticed is the players are a lot more confident. They're more willing to take more risks because that real like middle chunk of the season where we lost a lot of those games in a row, it was just really clunky. It was like big, long kick to a pack mark. It was like as if I was watching 2022 all over again. Um, Absolutely. And there was just no confidence in the team. Um, yep. And there was no real sort of ambition to play on, run through the corridor and take some more risks. Whereas, mm. yeah, today it was just that transition play to get from back line to forward line. It was so quick and it was so fluid, um, which you can only really get by trusting your teammates and playing high risk football, which um, I mean, I hope they feel like they're, they're good enough to play like that. And that's a good thing to carry into the off season as well. Cause they'll go into round one being like, Hey, we can play this kind of footy. Um, yeah. we can, and I think really that does sort of carry, um, into a preseason as well. If you can really sort of string together, at least you know, a win or a couple of wins, um, and competitive performances in the back, back half of the season, it does give, it does give you a bit of hope for future seasons as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, another point I've got here, and this is a little bit of a loaded question, I guess. And, and I think we can discuss both sides of this, but we sort of alluded to it at the start. Was it worth losing pick one to win this game in round 23? 
I think so. Yes. Um, yep. Again, this goes back to like my answer that um, there's more to rebuilding the number one draft pick. Um, I think the whole thing about winning culture, I think is very true because I mean, we look at the, at the D's for example, who got so bad, the AFL had to make sure they weren't doing it on purpose. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, like for me, I looked at that team and it took what four coaches to get them to, you know, to a space where they could really challenge for the flag. Yeah. That's how long it took to unlearn. And I think this is the first step, like getting just these wins on the board is going to be the first step to changing that because you only, I mean, sure you get, you know, a draft, one draft pick can change a club's direction to an extent, but at the only, at the end of the day, Harley Reid is one player in yeah. a team of 22 that go out every week and 40 on a list. So um, it's not, it's not like, yeah, I think it's worth losing round the first, well, the first draft pick because um, at the end of the day, Harley Reid or whoever our draftees are, that are going to be picked, will have to play alongside these 21 players every week. And Absolutely. And look at the confidence they got from that win. I guess, you know, another thing I noticed in the game you know, and I guess we can talk about him specifically for a little bit. Taron Thomas got around every single goal. And yeah. a lot of people have questioned his mentality, have questioned, does he want to be at this club? I have absolutely done that when he unfollowed the club a yeah. few weeks ago after the West Coast game. Yeah. You know, everyone, and, you know, I feel like I've maybe, I've been on the a Taron believer, maybe more than not to, compared mm. to the general public. But what do you think this win means and what did you see from the team while celebrating and all that sort of stuff today that we haven't seen all year? Like, what do you think that means going forward? Because Taron looked so invested and so yeah. happy and excited. He was getting around. Everybody was signing things after the game. Ben Mackay, like look, without going yeah. into an off season discussion, like what do you think that means for him? Eddie Ford getting his first win, like all these exactly things, right. what do you reckon it means? Um, I think it means a couple of things. So first off, I mean, this was the first win that we've really won by more than I think what three goals yeah, yeah. since twenty since twenty twenty one to beat Carlton. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, like and the West Coast game last year didn't feel like a win. The Richmond won West no. Coast early this year. I think for the players as well, and this was this is something that I used to get when I was playing footy. If you won a close game. Like I had a bad season when I was playing for school and we only won, I think, three games. Each of them were by less than a kick. And we kind of felt like we got lucky every time. And I don't know if that converts into like the player's mindset, but maybe they felt like they were getting lucky. Maybe for the first time, they're like, we can comfortably beat teams because we're better than them. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that they, um, I think that's something that would mean a lot for the team. With regards to Taron Thomas more specifically, I like you have sort of been not the biggest believer, probably mine's more in line with the general public, but, you know, I mean, look, to his credit, if he does sort of really get his mindset and his mentality back, um, he could be a very big part of the club. I think he's just naturally a very talented player. Um, oh, yeah. And I, think, I think arguably he's our most talented player. Look like, look at I him running so, through yeah. that, the middle of that ground, his disposal, like, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted, but yeah, I think do go on. I think someone with the yeah, it was, if if Taron Thomas can get the mentality of Nick Larkey, I think that um, I think that he could be a very dangerous player. And that also reminds me as well with Nick Larkey, um, he kicked nine goals today, which is absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. He's currently sitting second in the Coleman Medal. He may finish third in the second worst and potentially worst team in the league. 
Absolutely. He kicks nine goals in a game where we actually played good. Imagine how good he's going to be when we're good. Mm. And look at all, uh-huh. like the, the passion of that man. I, I've been a bit of an advocate this year of seeing him as, I'm not saying to take over the captaincy from Jai, but at least be vice captain for me because the, the passion that that yeah. guy was celebrating with after he kicked those goals, you know, there was a lot of talk about tanking and everything through the week. And I guess this goes on with, uh, you know, Taron Thomas's passion and, and even Ben Mackay and, and everyone getting around everyone today. These guys clearly wanted to win that game. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to win and I think they wanted to do it well too. Um, yeah. I, that's the thing. Like, you know, you always want to win and you want to win big and that's kind of, they showed that today for the first time. They didn't want to just get over the line. They wanted to really comprehensively do it and they wanted yeah. to enjoy it. Um, and I think this is for the first time in a long time, they've actually kind of enjoyed playing a game of footy. That's what it looked like. It looked least. like it, didn't it? Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, because, you know, when you're playing footy, it's like you don't really enjoy a close win until after the siren, whereas today they kind of were doing it for a bit of fun, which is so good to see. And it's just so, um, it's just such a relief. Yeah. It's refreshing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I love seeing all that sort of stuff. And, and you know, not to keep going on about Taron, but I don't know. I just really loved seeing how excited he was. He was the first in to celebrate. Look, it is very confusing with actions and things like that that he does. But yeah, just as an isolated game, I just wanted, yeah, just wanted to point out him in particular, along with guys like Eddie Ford getting his first win, which is so good. And one thing they did was they stayed on the ground and showered all the guys who got their first win in Gatorade. And they're the yeah. little things that we love about North being like, you know, they wanted to celebrate that with the fans on the ground and that, and that's why they did that. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, and I guess, sorry to go back to Nick Larky, this is more yeah, of a yeah. bold sort of statement, but like, I, I think, look, I think the year we make finals, very good chance he wins the Coleman. Um, yeah, absolutely. So if, I mean, if it, keeps, if it keeps this form up where, and you know, if we, make finals during his yeah. career and as we know <laughs> we'll finals, get there finals mate believe don't give yeah. up um because yeah yeah as we know finals droughts can can be a very long time but mm. you know like, like i said if he's performing this well when we're not good imagine how well he's going to be performing. oh absolutely especially if he could get to be a slightly better contested mark i mean other than maybe his pack marking game there's nothing the yeah. guy does badly and He's just so, so accurate, so passionate. I, I love I love Nick Larky so much. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I've, there's nothing yeah. I can say about this man without getting way too aroused for a public podcast after starting yeah. OnlyFans if we keep talk, talking about <laughs> Nick Larky in this way, you know, the big, oh, dirty, yeah. greasy soove he is. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I love seeing the passion from all the guys today and Nick Larky, nine, what, nine goals yeah, when when we can actually well, actually, let me read out a stat quickly that I wrote down before as well. We had um, so we won the inside fifties today, which I don't think we've done for a very long time. Uh, sixty four, yeah, yeah. sixty three to fifty three inside fifties. Um, we won the marks around the ground, which suggests that we really held possession and and controlled the footy. We won the marks one hundred and five to eighty seven. And the biggest thing, the biggest change I've seen. Two stats here. We won the marks inside 50, 22 to 8. The last yeah, time we got a double-digit yeah. marks inside 50 must have been Ben Brown era. 
And we yeah. won the tackles inside 50, 12 to six. And just a little caveat yeah. of that as well. Paul Curtis and Eddie Ford in that Ford line with their Ford pressure, kicking five, five goals between them alongside Nick Larkey. Very exciting. There's a lot of stats I just threw at you, but compartmentalize yeah. that and then let's put it into words. Yeah. I think, yeah, in terms of our um, forward line going, at least going ahead for the next uh, few years, um, yet Eddie Ford I sort of see is maybe a little bit untested as opposed to Paul Curtis, who I, I see as maybe more reliable and, you know, someone I've seen a bit more of. I think that's our full forwards like our, and our forward pockets sorted. Um, oh, I agree. Yeah, it's because I was always wondering, you know, like Nick Larky, he kicks a bag of five and we lose by 40. Who else is going to, you know, kind of help him out? Yeah. And those two, and, you know, as Eddie Ford and Paul Curtis as pressure forwards, um, I'm happy with that, to be honest. Eddie Ford's got a bit of dog in him though, doesn't he? Like you just yeah. know he loves a rev up. Anytime there's, yeah, he, into, he yeah. was always into scrap. He was, he's always there to say something and try and get in the opponent's head. I don't know. He's just, he's, that's Mamba mentality, mate. Yeah, Absolutely. The, the black mamba could we could we yeah. make that his nickname yeah oh, oh he'd be the mamba wouldn't he yeah the, just call him well, he's the mamba to me he'll yeah. always be my mamba that's for sure yeah <laughs> i love eddie ford uh, yeah he, like it, I, I, I also like how it suggests that we controlled the football as well with with so many more marks so many marks inside 50 you know it's crazy the contrast we've seen from this team this year. Like we controlled this game today, even when yeah. they were ahead or even when the game was close, we still felt like we, we always had the upper hand and had control, which is an incredibly strange feeling for us. Yeah. But we are starting to see a game plan from Clarkson come in here. And I think once we are yeah. fitter, imagine being able to play that way for four quarters, most of the games. Exactly right. And I think, and I've, I said this on Closer to a Flag as well multiple times, is that one of the reasons why our rebuild has been so stunted this year is just the lack of continuity under coaches. Um, oh, like absolutely. Literally first, first, what, 10 rounds under Clarko. After round four, we look like a completely different team. Um, yeah. You could tell, I think looking rounds, back in hindsight, you yeah. could tell that, that that investigation was was getting to him though. Exactly. And you could sort of tell like um, when that sort of built up was around, you know, like round four through to round 10, when he ended up taking a bit of a hiatus and um, yeah, the club, it reflected poorly on the performances as well. They were just not, um, I, I think maybe he was just a bit too distracted by it to properly, you know, focus on the club and implement his plans. Yeah. And then obviously Rats took over and now the Clarko's come back. I mean, all four games that he's, you know, been in charge of all four have been ones that we should have won. Yeah. They're playing won. for him, aren't they? Yeah, they absolutely are. And I think, um, yeah, whether it is a Paul Ruse and, you know, sort of just brings us up back up to parody, um, you know, to contend for finals for the next coach, or if he stays along, mm. I think now that we've got this continuity, I think that this is, um, I think it's, yeah, going to be much better times ahead. Yeah, absolutely. If for me, if Clarkson's there, I have so much more confidence in, in where we're going. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just to know, you know, I, I've met a couple of people through the barbershop uh, that have met Clarkson a few times. I've met a fa some family friends of his and stuff like that. And look, it's all hearsay, I guess, but people describe him as a complete businessman, like an operator, like a proper operator that's yeah. getting it done the right way. So, you know, if he's at the helm, I, uh, I believe, you know, it's yeah, uh, it's exciting. Exactly. 
Yeah, and it's going to take so long, like as well. Like now, like now, like I say, we're up to a bottom two, the standard of a bottom two side, in normal terms, not like historically bad, like we kind of have been. Mm. Um, so now we're back to a level that's somewhat competitive. So I think the challenge of him going ahead is going to be able to, you know, now finally bring us out of the bottom two. Absolutely. I, I'd say next year I'd still be expecting bottom four, but Same. Yeah. anywhere in that bottom four, we could, we could definitely finish. Yeah. I'd like to see us be something like a Hawthorne this year, which, you know, kind I of. I agree. hundred percent. Cause like, I think at the moment, um, Hawthorne is probably of the bottom, you know, 10 sides. I think Hawthorne's probably the most exciting to watch in my opinion, just in terms, be, yeah, how, for sure. in terms of how they sort of pluck out opposition like that. That's kind of what I would like us to be in terms of form, in terms of playing style, I like what Clarko's doing as opposed to what Sam Mitchell's doing. But I just think that we, that's going to be the challenge for us to now really like, I mean, sure, we won three games. They've been against some pretty struggling, hard done by teams. Um, but that being said, you know, next year now, we kind of have a really clear, I think Clarkson has a really kind of clear mandate as to what he has to do now and what's the pass mm. mark. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. So is the ultimate result now after that win a West Coast win? Is that do you reckon that's uh, would that fill our hearts with joy if that happens? I think I think now I would almost not be mad if West Coast does win. I think Adelaide will win not the most convinced. I'll, I think they'll gradually run over the top of West Coast probably by about 20 points. Um Adelaide's actually just scored a goal. They're up by 3 points. Um, I don't think I don't think it'll be convincing for the Crows. I think they'll win by about 20. But if West Coast does pull off the win, and I am wrong, um, I kind of wouldn't be mad because at least, look, one, we finish the season on a high. Two, we do get Harley Reid, which is very good, and we still have the chance to get like Riley Sanders or Curtin or um, some of the other players. Um, so, yeah, I would kind of think, you know, we do, yes, we finish last again, but we have for once finished our season on a high and we are kind of headed in the right, what seems to be the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, honestly, if West coast win good on them, um, if not, then, you know, it means we don't uh, finish last. And that's the thing as well. Like sure. We'll do you have reckon finished- that plays a big part? Do you, do you reckon like, cause for me, I'm not too concerned if you finish 17th or 18th, like I, I don't yeah. really care. It's all kind of just bad. Um, yeah. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I think, you know, at the end of the day, Wooden Spoons, they they stick with the club forever. Um, no okay. one's going to remember the time we finished second and last, um, mm. really, other than North fans. We're going to think of it as a rough patch. And, oh, we, we won the Wooden Spoon a couple of times. But, you know, winning it three times in a row, that's going to be there forever. What, Sydney, I think, was the last club to do it in, like, the 80s, I think it I was. think St Kilda uh, did it in the 90s. I think the early yeah. 90s. Yeah, maybe the Saints. Um, I think I think so. But, but they they went on to play in grand finals at the late nineties. Yeah, so history exactly suggests right. we're only about three to four years from a grand final berth. Exactly right, and I mean that's inevitable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can lock that in now. Actually, get your AFL memberships now, North fans, because uh, we're going to be in that last day in September pretty pretty soon. Yeah, I don't know what bay we're going to use for bay twenty nine at the G, but we'll let you know. Um, well, the, the, but, we're massive, mate, so we'll, we'll get a bay. Exactly. The, the MCG is our bay. Exactly right. Yeah. Or we campaign um, and try and get the grand final move to Marvel. That is true. Yeah. Or Arden Street <laughs> capacity. Yeah, we could play it at Arden Street. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Enough. Enough space there. But yeah, yeah. I think 
I think, yeah, like I'm not, I think, you know, winning today is good. I wouldn't feel, I know, I just wouldn't feel that upset about West Coast winning and us winning the wooden spoon now. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I I'm just mind. kind of happy we're one and I'm floating in my blissful ignorance right now. <laughs> just being like, oh, I'll take it. Let's go. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but I think, look, part of me, because I just remember taking some screenshots of every single AFL journalist prediction for um, 2022. They had 18, I think, no, 20 journalists and 18 of them predicted North Melbourne to finish last. Yeah. So part of me is kind of like, like, and you know, the page has a very anti- Oh, Absolutely. AFL media sentiments. Um, yes, as it should. So That's where the good content comes point, from, mate. Oh, from a personal point of view, I just want to rub it into Damien Barrett's face that we didn't finish last. Mm. Um, just wait till he jumps but, on the bandwagon. You know, he'll be down there with the boys exactly celebrating right. in the locker room. Oh, look, if you ever see him at a game, North fans unreservedly boo him, please. <laughs> but if he comes up on the big screen, I, I, want, I want him to be booed more than you boo Jason Horn Francis. Like, <laughs> it's just... It's just like Damo, Jason come on. left to go home. Damien Barrett rags out his own club for a paycheck. Like I just, I just it's can't low. respect. I can't respect <laughs> what he does. Like at the end of the day, he's human. I just like you know, he's you know, he's just bad at his job. Like that's all <laughs> I can say. Um, so yeah, look, I don't mind West Coast wins today, but I think it's win-win. If whether or not yeah, West Coast wins, I agree. Yeah, that would actually kind of be the best result. I think if West Coast do win today, I'm kind of going to be like, we get to ride the ride into the sunset of season 23 on uh, on a win, and we still get the best talent in the country. So I won't complain. Exactly but hey, right. we'll let fate decide. We'll let fate yeah, decide. We'll be, we'll, we'll be undefeated for six months anyway. So um, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. We'll we'll make the finals next year anyway. So who cares, you know? Yeah, exactly right. But um. um a couple more points here quickly here. Someone, I, I posted a couple of things during the game today just for some banter. And I'm getting a real reputation amongst all the North fans here about people commenting and asking me every single week, have I been converted on Aiden Core yet? So I want to know what your thoughts on Aiden Core are currently. I think Not Aiden just this Core game, but him in the him since the bye. Um look. Aiden Core has pleasantly surprised me ever since he broke who was it one of the Saints players' ankles? Um, oh, in that, um yes, I think I think it was. That was disgusting. Even the AFL shared that reel. That was just utter filth. Like the fact that <laughs> like he's actually he's actually done like okay since um oh, man. I'm, like, keep going. I'm just I I'm just remembering it and I'm just uh, and like he kicked a goal today with an overlap handball. Like that's just Oh, like, I know. He thinks he's playing Dustin Fletcher, doesn't he? Like he's just running along the side of Kane Turner. Of all, like I can't a, get name over. a more iconic duo. Yeah. yeah, it was just like <laughs> the irony of it being those two players of all. I was just like, this is just funny at this point. They're they're, they're laughing. Yeah, yeah. They're laughing at all the North fans that wanted us to finish last. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm um, excited for the Jack Marnie overlapping handball to Phoenix Spicer oh, from 65 next year after yeah, Jack Marnie gets his five year deals. So <laughs> that'll be oh good. yeah, of course. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of like the last few rounds, Aiden Cole, I'll I'll put it. You know, there's no other way to say it other than pleasantly surprised. Um, Are you a believer though? Are you converted now? Um. I think I will need a bit more time to see how he goes <laughs> in the first. You've got half trust issues. Year. You've been hurt before. Exactly right. Um, I just think with Aiden Core, um, 
he will be a part of our rebuild at least for the next two, maybe three years until we get like, you know, a big body defender that can actually um, sort of hold their ground. If Ben McLeod leaves, I can be around for three years. Um, If he stays, I can only really see him for two. Um, Because Ben McKay's actually been okay these last couple of weeks. And yeah, yeah. the fact I didn't think I forgot that he was a restricted free agent instead of unrestricted. Um, oh yeah, if we he was can match. I would have, yeah, if he was unrestricted, I would have been like, okay, you're out. Um, you're out of here. But I think as a restricted, yeah, um, I think as a restricted free agent, look, I respect it if he wants to go to another club. Um, you know, he hasn't, yep. he hasn't had much game time, and the game time he has had, it's not been the most successful. But I. Do you think, because, well, I think it's Sydney is the front runner at the moment. Um, yeah, Sydney, Port. Essendon, and there's been word of Port, but you haven't heard much about it. But they're sort of the three I, floating around. Clarkson yeah. did say in his press conference a couple of days ago, though, when he brought up Gold Coast getting all those picks, because everyone's getting all upset that North might get possibly pick two or pick three from Mackay and then some compensation or priority pick from the AFL. And... Um, then he's like, well, Gold Coast are getting three of the top 10 because of their academy and no one cares about that and they're way ahead of us. So, you know, he yeah. did basically say that if we're not getting properly compensated with a pick two or three, they're just going to match the deal and force a trade. And that's the sort of attitude I want to go into it with. Not that this is a Ben Mackay off-season chat. That'll happen yeah. next week. But anyway, that's he did allude to yeah. that. But yeah, I think, yeah, he will... I Like, Ben Mackay, I think, will be, um, yeah, a big part of the back line going forward. If he stays, if he goes, um, I think it's more like 60, 40 that he goes at the moment. Yeah. Um, I don't I think, think it's a done deal. Yeah. I think it's more likely than not than he leaves, but I, I think I'm so. not like, I'm not thinking like in the same way as Jason Bourne Francis, like he's out. Um, Absolutely not. But yeah. I think that, um, yeah, it'll be like, I think Aiden core does have a spot in the team in the medium term should Ben McKay go. And I think, you know, we, we got to go to the draft and look for some big body defenders or some players that are good to play in defense. Yeah. And I think some free agents and things as well without dive, once again, without diving down a rabbit hole off season, you know, if, if we draft, you know, mids or smaller players that can have more of an impact instantly, you know, going to free agency or going to trades to find key position players, I think would be fairly, fairly helpful. Like, you know, and I'm not saying I want these guys, but going to the D's and being like, we'll give you such and such, give him a Tom Powell or something. I'm not saying I want Tom Powell gone, but just an ex- as an example. And we get get a Tom McDonald and get a um, Tomlinson or something like that. I know they're not on the yeah. timeline maybe, but just if you can get those guys on any sort of decent deal just to teach someone how to, how to play. I was talking to a GWS fan yesterday yeah. at work, which is crazy. Um, That's rare. Like, yeah, I know. It? I've no idea. I thought you're such a rare species. Yeah. I had to mark this moment. Um, well, I'll remember the time I met my first GWS fan in Melbourne and yeah. uh, Phil Davis retired. It's like, give him the Liam Shields deal. Imagine him just roaming around a back line just for a season to be like, Hey guys, yeah. this is how to not be awful at your job. But you know, yeah. look that this is another discussion for another time, but you know, I think um, yeah, Mackay can definitely stay, but, that's always on the out, but uh, so you're saying not convinced on Aiden Core just yet, but you're you're on the you're on the way. I am on the way. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I'd probably say his last maybe four or five games been all right, but um, yeah, I just think uh, he needs a bit more time for me to to win me over because yeah, yeah as he sort of as he gets a bit older, you know, are we going to see him as like you know 
a reliable leader in defense. I'm not quite sure. Be, no. be interesting to see. Yeah. And for everyone who's been asking me and messaging me and commenting and everything like that, I'm on the way to being an Aiden core, not believer, but accept him as part of the team, but I'm, I'm absolutely not there yet. I've been hurt too many times before. I've got trust issues. I have Vietnam style flashbacks uh, when I think of things that he has done in the last couple of years at our football club. And look, he's played very well since Griffin Logue's gone down, but I need more time guys. Get off my back. All you bloody listeners. Yeah, and that's another thing as well with Griff, because um, he's not going to be back until a little bit next year. It'll be it? after the buy next year, you'd, you'd think, or around yeah, there so, anyway. Yeah, um, so it's, I mean, it's good to know that we do have a big body defender sort of on the way who's pretty good. Mm. Um, and I think it'll be good for him to get his fitness back in that time too. So yeah, yeah. well, hopefully we recruit or do or draft some people in defense that can give us some some solidity and he can come back in his own time. We don't have to rush him back. I mean, what do you exactly. think of Callum Dawson's game? Let's just, I haven't got that written down as a note, yeah. but what, what do you reckon? Um, it was a, you know, he obviously didn't get too much of the footy, but I think he was all right. I thought um, he was solid enough. Like didn't yeah, shine was, and didn't, wasn't around yeah. the footy all the time, but the times he was around the play, I think he's all right. I, I don't know why it's taken this long for him to get a game. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of baffled by it. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of, it's taken him a very, very long time to sort of really, um, yeah, get, get into the side. But now that he has, I think, you know, being, you know, having not played much in the team, I think that um, he's, he's got a lot of upside. I think it's good that we're sort of getting some more defenders into the team and some yeah. more, um, some more, uh, players of his size. He's a big boy, isn't he, I believe? He's a big um, guy, yeah. He's a, he's a key position player. I see him yeah. very similar to Aiden Core skill set-wise, though, because Aiden Core is like, apparently he's 194 centimetres, which it doesn't seem like, but Aiden Core plays undersized for his size, and Dawson's he's got a bit his, of pace. He's yeah. got a good kick on him. He's, he's athletic, and Core is like that too. We've seen him cross people up for fun. He's got a good kick on him. He is athletic. Core's brain just fades sometimes. And yeah, yeah. Callan Dawson, I haven't seen those brain fades from him because he really hasn't had the opportunity. But I see him, I would never see him as a key. Like you wouldn't put him on Tom Hawkins. You wouldn't put him on Joe no, Danaher. No. But as a third man up, as a bit of a swingman defender, I think we've like Logue is sort of similar as well. I think Dawson, Logan, Core are all very similar types of players. So yeah. that's where I could see him. And I would love him to get more opportunity, but I guess maybe our side progresses past him, maybe like a yeah. as well. If, if, if he was doing this two years ago, maybe he could build with the side, but I don't know. And he's very handsome too. Absolutely. Yeah. He's got um, a good head of hair and he's a handsome guy. He's got the jawline. He does. Yeah. Not quite as sharp as Jai Simpkins, but. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's goat tier jawlines. If, we, if we're going to rank, he uh, did do a jawline tier list in the AFL, which might be some good offseason content. Jai yeah. is S tier. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I mean, he's, uh, I think the North Melbourne Instagram put out a really good blue steel of him today, walking out. Oh, um, yes. He's, his eye, he just stares with those eyes and he's yeah, a handsome like, man. And he looks like a hammerhead shark with that jawline at the head. Exactly right. Yeah. He could cut grass with it, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he looks like one of those flymo mowers that like hovers along, along yeah. the grass. Oh, Jesus. We see but, Jai Simpkin down in aisle 36 at your local Bunnings warehouse soon enough. Yeah. Yeah, jeez. But yeah, no. Um, to go back to, I guess, uh, yeah, Callan Dawson at least. Um, I think, yeah, as we are sort of lacking a bit of depth in the back line, I did say this at the start of the year as well. Our back line, 
I think I literally said our backline consists of um, Aiden Core and a bag of chips. Um, like, <laughs> it's just because um, look, Aiden Bonner, he's just not big enough. Oh to, God, uh, I don't. Oh Jesus! Like, I, I didn't even know yeah, we're going to go into Aiden Bonner chat right now. You got to yeah, give me a like, warning before you say that man's name. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a jump scare, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, to jump compare. Scare. Like, it's it's just like comparing. Um, uh, fucking hell! Um, <laughs> comparing, lost yeah, I've lost it. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> just, not as much of a jump scare as when he got traded to North. Maybe with that Photoshop job. Oh yes, yes, I remember that. Oh, wow, that was yeah, but wow. um, that sums up his yeah, North career, to be honest. Yeah, Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of just what pasted in there to cover a gap for the time being. But um, <laughs> wish we could Photoshop him out of the team. Yeah, <laughs> but um, like Aiden Core, he can sometimes compete with a big body. Um, whereas yeah. Aiden Bonner can't. Um, no. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Callan Dawson can consistently compete with some some bigger bodies. Maybe not like, yeah, Hawkins or, um, you know, like yeah. some of the other um, big forwards of the game, even like, you know, Ben Brown, for goodness sake. Um, yes. R.I.P. Um, ben Brown. Yeah, I know. It's going to be so weird if we ever get the chance to play against him. But um, maybe yeah. I was going to say, is he playing for Casey on the weekend? <laughs> yeah. Brody Grundy's playing in the VFL, mate. Like, it's so crazy. Yeah. Tom McDonald, Adam, uh, Tom, Tom, what's his name? Adam Tomlinson. Brody Grundy mm, yeah. is playing in the in the VFL. Like, what is going on for that demon side in the VFL? That I know. is insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, which, by the way, good um, if you can get out to it. It's a Casey field, so it's a bit of a trip for a lot of people. But um, Get out if yeah, you can. V- yeah, VFL side playing finals. Um, and... You know, a good AFL side starts with um, a good VFL side competing for, sure. for depth and for spots. So, yeah, um, I mean, again, it'll be interesting to see if we do have any talent in the VFL side that we want to take up as a mature age. Or um, I wish you know, Cunnington or you know any of like the guys stayed on just to maybe yeah. play VFL finals. I, you know, it would have been yeah. it would have been nice. I guess like I look at the VFL side now compared to what it was early in the year. No Cunnington, no Hall. You know all these sort of guys in it. We we our VFL side is a lot weaker than it was. You know a couple of months ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how um, how we go in terms of our twos and how we sort of um, use that to compete for spots in the top end. Um, yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, um, the club is on the way up. Um, as as weird as this season has been, I wouldn't have expected to win the first two games, lose twenty, and then win the last one. Yeah, but absolutely, um, yeah, I, I still think that um, twenty twenty for me was the rock bottom. Um, and yeah. I do think having to watch David Noble football was rock bottom for me. That was yeah, and that's a thing. Like I said, you know, Dave, David Noble, like under Alistair Clarkson, I feel like we're actually going somewhere. Whereas like, there's a David plan. Noble, you can see it. Yeah. David Noble's vision for North Melbourne was so uninspiring and it did not feel like we were going to go anywhere. If you go into the locker room at halftime with David Noble, he writes on the whiteboard, kick ball through sticks. And that's probably as in-depth as it got. Yeah, absolutely. And um, (laughs) I just, yeah, um, it's, it was just like, you'd go into every week knowing like, or asking yourself, how bad is this going to be? Yeah. Whereas like this, like this time I'm like, I hope we don't lose. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but you're like, you know, I, I sort of have come to expect an honourable loss, which is yeah. Be- yeah, better than being like, I w- hope it's under 60. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going into next year sort of being like off the back of this, um, 
I'm probably going to go in the first couple of rounds unless we get like a rude awakening and lose by 80 points in round one. Mm. Um, I'm probably going to go into it being like, I think we're going to win today. I mean, it's um, massive depending on off season. Like it depends how we, we, we are going to potentially have three first round picks. We are going to have Alistair Clarkson there for a full trade and free agency period, which is massive. So we could have yeah. eight plus new players on the list next year, um, which would be very exciting. Um, yeah. 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 And I think it's, and the good thing is this year as well, we've got an opportunity and I hope Clarko takes it to really cull. And this is more sort of, you know, for off season talk. But, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Just to sort of touch on it. Cull, yeah. Just clean out because we would manage so unsustainably under Brad Scott and Ray Shaw um, that the seeds for like this current period of form were laid back when Brad Scott was in charge. Yeah. Um, other than what LDU, Taryn Thomas, and I think what Tom Powell, well, it was Tom Powell. No, Tom Powell was under Dave Noble actually, but um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, other than LDU, even and drafting Taren- a guy like Marnie or or someone yeah. like that, Flynn Perez, getting those guys, you know, we, we haven't been able to develop later picks, like picks maybe in the yeah. second round or anything like that, where a lot of other clubs like the pies, look at all their players who they got in the second round or mid season drafts yeah. and stuff. And that that's been our biggest thing. We, we haven't had heaps of top picks, you know, we, except for the last couple of years, which Wardlaw, Sheasel, you know, who knows what Braden George is going to be. They look great. We haven't had an opportunity the year before with Horn Francis being, you know, a, a wuss and wanted to go back to, to mummy at home. So it's like, yeah, you know, this like, is I mean, this this off season could be a yeah. massive like this could be the off season where we look back and be like that built the foundation for our next finals side. Yeah, and I think I think that will be the case. It's just a matter of whether yeah, Brady Rollins can really get his act together. <laughs> Come on, Brady. Um, the uh, last couple here, I just uh, one of the last points on the game, I guess, was uh, the Josh Goda and uh, and Bailey Scott drive off half back. I thought was yeah. really really good in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Like Bailey Scott, he will be a big part of the club long-term, I think. Absolutely. Um, in my opinion, if, you know, as long as we sort of keep progressing, I think he will be a one-club player. Um, okay. And I think, he will, I think he'll have a very long career at least, um, whether it be with North Melbourne or someone else. Um, mm. And I hope it is with North Melbourne. Um, I think, yeah, he'll have a very long career because he's just very good. Um, he is very good. And he's just, he's so quick as well. And his work rate's incredible. Runs all um, day, all day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Josh Goder, I think he's a really good sort of halfback um, sort of rebound I think that player. was his best game for the year. Do you, do you agree? I think so. He's had some good games this year. Like he's had some pretty decent ones, but he hasn't yeah. stood out. Um, yeah. And I think, um, you know, in terms of a halfbacks, you know, having Goder, Sheasel and, um, uh, Bergman, for example, I think there's some pretty mm. reliable players that we can really build around, especially go to someone that I think, you know, we haven't really, he hasn't proven himself as much as what he probably could. Um, no, for sure. Yeah. But he also hasn't had as much of an opportunity. So I think, but I think now, you know, with less depth in the back line, this is a really good chance for him to stand out. Yeah, absolutely. I was really impressed with Josh Goda today, even his intercept ability as well. And he is a good user as long as he can keep using his pace off half back. And, you know, we've already talked about the transition footy that we played today, but, you know, having him or like, look, I don't want to go into a big Harry Sheasel chat because we could just talk for days and days, but like 
him and Goda off halfback, Harry Sheasel's disposal and pick up and just football skill is so, so clean. And if Goda, yeah. Goda is starting to, to be able to do, I noticed this in the game today where I noticed his disposal was clean. His pickup was clean. He can intercept Mark and he was kicking the ball out of the back line to the wing. And we were hitting Paul Curtis. We we're hitting Eddie Ford on the chest and we yeah. were able to get yeah. it past halfway. And I just haven't seen that very much this year. And if she's, if this 18 year old kid is, is rubbing off on some of these people to get to his level, then we are going to have something special because yeah, she's all go to Bergman. I rate Miller Bergman so highly. I, I'm I've, yeah. every week I'm baffled that he hasn't been in the team and look, he wasn't a standout today, but it's his first game back for a long time. We've just yeah. got some clean users. I'd still be trying to recruit maybe yeah. a more running left-footed halfback. We know Clarkson loves those guys, but we do have people in this position, but yeah, I, I was just really impressed with Josh Goda's game, especially today. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah, Bergman and Godar, I think, um, yeah, two, two um, good young defenders that I think can definitely take this club very far. Yeah. A couple of players maybe to chat about on the negative side and we're not going to, I didn't really write down many negatives today because I was yeah. really happy with the performance and let's just ride this thing into the sunset. But Tristan Jerry and Flynn Perez for me, um, two people I've yeah. spoken about a lot. We, we all know my Tristan Jerry thoughts and I think, you know, I've been quite negative on Tristan Jerry basically the whole time he's been at the club, especially, you know, all season on this podcast when I started it. So I look, I don't want to go down that path again, but I just, he's failing to make impacts on games. I, I don't think he's taken a contested mark in the second half of the season. And that's not even yeah. a joke. Um, Goldie's still our best Ruckman and he does look tired towards the end of games. You know, once again, not an off season, discuss too much of a discussion now, but we need to recruit in this. Jacob Jacob Edwards is not our rucking future, and no, no. Other than that, I don't. I don't really know. Coleman Jones would be ahead of him in the ruck for me, and I, I think he's a better forward. So, I just think Jerry really failed to make an impact on the game today. He was he was better than the other weeks, and yeah. he was serviceable and enough, but. I don't know. I, I really I watch his ruck contest so closely because I need to make sure my opinion's correct here because everyone's yeah. gonna roast me if I'm wrong. But yeah, he just really fails to make an impact with his tap work in the ruck. He doesn't yeah. impact around the ground in contests and he's just really lost out there. Goldie's still getting around the ground, taking marks in crucial positions. Yeah. I don't know um, what we're doing yeah. with Tristan Jerry here. Um, I think Tristan Jerry was a bit of a mistake to draft. Um yeah. And we've drafted um, a 90s star Ruckman in 2020. Well, yeah, exactly. 2020, whenever we got yeah. it. Because all we can really kind of do is tap the ball down. Um, and uh, yeah, it, well, he can hit it, but it doesn't go to our players. Exactly right. Um, yeah, because like, I mean, look, I guess we're going to have, we'd have to have a bit of a miracle to have anyone sort of uh, uh, better than Goldie because Goldie has. Oh, well, if that's the standard, like you're just not going to yeah. be able to hit that, are you? For long stretches of his of his career, he has been the best ruck in the comp. Absolutely, um, and um, like it's pretty much been for a good stretch. It was what like him and Max Gorn as a two horse race for being the best rucks, and Goldie sure. was always um, Grundy was always around there too when he was at the Pies. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think um, really in terms of uh, rucks. Um, why don't we put Hugh Greenwood in? He got an All Australian off um, being a ruck. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. We always we always joke all Australian ruck Hugh Greenwood. Um, He'll make the list of forty for all, for a ruck. Yeah. <laughs> for um, that one performance. I, I really think that um, 
as a Band-Aid solution, Hugh Greenwood there just as a ruck, as a second-rung ruck while Goldie runs out his career. While in 2024, we go to the draft and look for a good young ruck, I think that could be a good succession plan. You know, I'm just throwing out ideas here because Sherry really... Yeah, look... I mean, Col- Coleman Jones, I think if you can go with a combo, 100% once again, we'll, we'll talk about this in the, in the off-season podcast we'll do, but Ruck is the number one position to recruit for me. And if uh, and that's more maybe free agency-wise. Even like I spoke to Marnie a few weeks ago and Braden Pruce, like he's still yeah. bumming around for like GWS or someone. He's like 28 or something like that. Go and get him and go and a player like that, just someone physical who can actually tap the ball, take him because he can take a mark and kick a goal as well. I know his career hasn't panned out and he's barely played any games, but I'm not saying go and get Braden Pruce in particular, but there's, there's people out there that you can get a Tim English is the sort of, uh, he's not the greatest ruckman in the league. I know that, but if we had Tim English in this team, our midfield would be so much better because he can run all day. He can impact a marking contest and he can tap the ball. The ruckman's dead. The ruckman is not an important position like it used to be. I've been on the Radigalia train for a while. I don't think he's the greatest player on earth, but if you chuck him in the ruck, just as an athlete, who's not irrelevant when the ball hits the ground, you know, that's the sort of player we really need to be recruiting. But, you know, obviously Brody Grundy is going to be out there after this year to be able to get, I don't think Brody Grundy would come to North Melbourne. I've said that a few times, but I mean, if Clarkson wants to get on the phone to him and be like, Oi mate, you want to come over, you want to come up North? Why not? Yeah. But we, yeah, we just need to right, look yeah, without yeah. going on a big rant about my ruck opinions. I just think we really need to recruit there. I'm not seeing it from Jerry. A good example of this is Charlie Lazaro today. That was the game for me. If someone says Charlie Lazaro now, I'm going to be like, look what he did today. I've never yeah. seen that from Tristan Jerry. So Ruckman is a massive one to recruit, but I'm just ranting now. So please stop me. That's nah, right. Um, yeah. I guess the second one is, yeah, Flynn Perez. And we were saying before the podcast, um, yeah, like he's just, the most sort of unremarkable player on the on the list at the moment. I think mm. that that the one that, the most unremarkable one that consistently makes the squad. Yes. Um, I just don't think that he. I think his peak. Like he's reached his peak. This is as good as he's going to get. I think um, when he, he lost a lot of that pace yeah. when he had his couple of knee uh, recos yeah. and yeah, I just think uh, I don't know. That was his only thing off half back to be that running player. And if we've got Goda, Sheasel, Bergman, I, I'd take them every day. I think Flynn Perez is out of contract and look, we need to reduce our list size. I would be saying bye-bye to Flynn Perez. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, he's sort of, yeah, I, I just think he's not going to be better than a bottom four team. No. Um, yeah, he's definitely, um, this is as good as he's going to get. And I think, um, yeah, as soon as he's out of contract, I don't know if it's this year or not, but I think, um, yeah, I think that's it for him. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's basically it, to be honest. Um, All the points I've got, is there anything you'd sort of like to add on top of that before we, before we sign off? Uh, Not particularly. I guess all I can say is um, I guess, especially for people who've come down to Bay 29, like, thank you very much. Um, It's been absolutely um, yeah, a phenomenal experience. I know we only got the one win against West Coast earlier in the year, but the atmosphere, especially against the Bombers, that was electric, um, whether it was the yeah. Nick's applause with Hunters, 
or, you know, when we got within three points and everyone was out of their seats, that was incredible. And yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, hoping to bring that, whether it be to more games or the same amount of games, um, yeah, you can be rest assured. We'll definitely uh, be hoping to get Bay 29 up next year. Um, I think the club's keen to have us on, which is good. Beautiful. Um, we'll definitely be floating around for VFL finals if we do um, uh, make it through the uh, mm. wildcard round tomorrow. So definitely get out and support the boys. Um, yep. because, you can watch them all, yeah. all the games for free on the AFL app as well for exactly. the VFL. So yeah. jump on to no one's doing anything on a Sunday, guys. Lay on the couch and, and give it a watch because, yeah, yeah, who knows, we might perform a miracle. Exactly right. And I think if we win, we play against the Bulldogs at, um, I think it's Port Melbourne is where they're playing their home games at the moment because Witten's okay. under element but um it's a beautiful ground it's really cool it's you, you feel so much closer to the play so yeah cool it's going out to vfl is that it's dirt it's dirt cheap it costs you like 10 20 bucks to go um beautiful and um yeah you can just have a good day at the footy um and also aflw starting next week so definitely yep. get around the girls that prelim appearance last year so they look they pretty good in their in their warm-up like, game as well they they destroyed yeah. the the guys they played yeah, like I'm calling it it's pretty bold at the moment, but I'm calling them to be top four. So um, I call them for the chance. flag, mate. Come on, put your balls um, on the line. Yeah, North Coast the flag. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> absolutely. And the other thing, I guess, with Bay 29 as well, which if you haven't got around, you absolutely have to. You know, uh, Charlie Common came down to say hello to us. Uh, Jen and Sonia came down to say hello to us in the bays. And it is really nice. We're developing a little North Melbourne community. And as, as the club grows, we'll grow with it. And yeah, it's it's so nice having people come up to to all of us in, at the games and saying that this is one of the the reasons, maybe the only reason that they've been coming to games this season because it has been tough. And you know, when you've got the you know, the same core group of people in that bay every single week, it's like you know showing up to the footy with twenty or thirty of your your best mates, and then you've got all these other people in the bay and they just join in. So it's definitely yeah. got me to a lot more games this season. And um, yeah, let's let's carry that on next year. And, Bay 29 better be at the grand final in 2028 because uh, we're going to Premiership City, baby. Absolutely. Yep. We're <laughs> going. There. All right. Well, thank yeah. you for joining me. I know it was a last minute call up today, but we had to celebrate, <laughs> had to celebrate a win. Um, yeah. I think uh, hopefully back, uh, we might get you on uh, next week for the off season, big off season round table. I think we're trying to get you and Marnie on uh, next week. So if we can work out all the deets, hopefully hear from you soon and, who knows what sort of insane off-season content I'll create because it'll be boring for like two months and I can't get people to forget that I exist. Ah, it's all good. Um, thank you for having me. And um, yeah, hopefully hopefully, better season next year. Easy, mate. Thank you again. No worries. Thanks for that. Go room. Go room. Thank you to Admin3 for coming on the podcast last minute. Good chat. What a fun time that was. So once again, get around Bay 29 as you can. Get around the VFL this week, this Sunday. Let's get into Sean Atley Club Champs. So, 3-2-1 votes for this week. Nick Larkey has to be three for me. Remember, guys, the Sean Atley Club Champ is not just about the best on ground. It's who shows the most heart and who does their bit for the team. I'm going to go Jai Simkin. Two votes this week. I think we needed the captain's performance in this win he was really, really good, really, really clean all day. So I'm going to give Jai Simkin two votes, and then I'm going to give Eddie Ford one vote. Taron Thomas did miss out. Bailey Scott missed out. There's lots of guys who I could have, you know, put on this list today. But Eddie Ford's just got that dog in him, doesn't he? There's something about him. I just love him. I just love him. Three goals. Every contest he was physical in. He's a really good presenter. 
um, leading up the wing to give us that outlet coming at half back, which worked really well today. I just loved his all-round game. So three to Larky, two to Simpkin, one to Eddie Ford. That gives Larky 22 votes. Sheezel wins with 29. Sheezel could have got three votes today as well. That's very stiff on him. He was brilliant. But look, Sheezel's taken it out. Um, Larky's ended with 22 votes. Jai Simpkin has only ended with three votes, or four votes, sorry, for the season. I'm sure he'll come back bigger and better next year. Eddie Ford, two votes for the season as well. So... Yeah, your top, uh, your top few for the Sean Atley Club champ, the first ever Sean Atley Club champ. Sheezer wins on 29 votes. Nick Larkey second on 22 votes. LDU 15, Taron Thomas 8, Bailey Scott 7, and then you've got Steve Ozerha, Cunners, Wardlaw, Logue with 5, uh, and then it just sort of goes down to 4, 3, 2s and 1s. So LDU clearly could have uh, done a lot more this season if he was able to play. Taron Thomas, second half of the year, killed it. Um, so they will be up there next year. Bailey Scott started a bit slower as well. Who knows what's going to go on next year for the Sean Atley Club champ. But yeah, well done to Harry Sheasel again. And I'm going to post about it. I've made a little thumbnail-esque sort of thing. Nothing crazy, but I'll post about it. Let's tag him in it as well, like I said last week, and see if we could even get a like from Harry Sheasel. It's the biggest prize in footy, guys. Sean Atley Club champ. All right. What we're going to do now, I'll open up all the questions and and see if there's any five-star reviews. So let's have a look here. I should have probably opened this browser before we got on, but hey, I don't have time to do all this stuff, guys. I'm a busy, busy guy. So let's jump over to Spotify and see if anyone's left some five-star reviews and left some comments. We've got Daddy Gray 92 five stars, five-star emojis. That's so nice. Thanks for making it feel like I have a fellow North Melbourne supporting friend every week. That's actually so nice, Danny. Thank you, man. Uh, love listening all season. That means a lot. Thank you, my good friend. Uh, Jen, I think commented last week too. Uh, love to know what North players you think should be delisted uh, at the end of season. We'll get into that, Jen. We'll get into that. That's going to be a massive off-season podcast, hopefully next week. Um, another great pod this is from Paul Minotti. Another great pod, Josh. Love the banter between you and the listeners. Maybe one day we'll get a great replacement for Goldie. On, uh, in Clarko, we trust. Of course. Thank you, Paul. Another regular commenter around here. Thank you heaps for that, guys. Um, that was on the podcast a week ago. Left a couple of comments on the preview podcast. What do we got here? Live. Absolutely love your podcast. We'll miss the weekly uploads, but can't wait for what's ahead. Go North. Thank you, Liv. I really appreciate that. Um, not going to be every single week probably in the middle of the, uh, the off season, but there's going to be heaps of every time a trade goes down or there's rumours and the draft and I'll do some North Melbourne or maybe we'll rank. I think we're going to rank all the, the awful worst AFL Guernseys of all time. That's going to be fun. There's going to be content. Um, maybe not every single week, but hey, maybe as well. It depends if North give us things to talk about, and they always seem to. So hope, hoping for pretty regular updates when the draft and free agency is going on. Do need to give myself a bit of a break, though, because talking about this team every single week, my mental health is cooked. Um, Kaziah7 also says, if Marnie ends up in jail, free, <laughs> free Marnie merch. Marnie could end up in jail with some of her uh, Aiden Corrin, Kane Turner opinions. So the fans are coming for you, Marnie. We'll talk about this next week, but thank you for those guys. Um, now I may as well open up Apple and see if anyone has 
written any lovely messages. Do remember as well, guys, if you love listening to the podcast, five-star reviews really, really help me. Spotify, everyone gets around that. Apple, I've got a bunch of really, really good ones as well. So, um, yeah, Apple, five-star reviews. I'll read your comment out. Um, there's 45 reviews so far on Apple, guys. That's awesome. And on Spotify, I don't even know how many I've got, to be honest. Um, but you guys get around that, and Spotify is definitely my biggest uh, sort of audience. So, please, five stars. It really, really helps. I've got 148 five-star reviews on Spotify. That's unreal, guys. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. We're going to be the biggest North podcast out soon. All right. What else are we going to do here? Let's predict what's going to happen. It's currently Saturday afternoon. Let's see what's happening with all of the games that's going on. And then we might leave you to the rest of your nights or your days or whenever you're listening to this. Just reviewing a little bit, um, Essendon got absolutely smashed again. How funny is that? 31 to 101, 70-point loss to the Pies. Essendon have really flamed out. And if anything, guys, we're not Essendon. So if that doesn't help you sleep at night, I don't know what will. Um, the Pies look pretty good. I, I did say last week, I'm not worried about the Pies with their couple of injuries. They'll be fine. Fremantle has beaten Hawthorne, which is interesting to go ahead of the Gold Coast on the ladder. Um, Hawthorne, 37-point loss. I thought Hawthorne would probably win that one, to be fair. But, hey, it's the last round. And as we know from the North game, anything can happen. Brisbane have beaten St Kilda, which currently means Brisbane are in second with Port left to play. Um, hopefully Port lose and Melbourne win and they drop down to fourth on the ladder. That would be good. Um, I don't want Port to play a home final in the first week as well. So hopefully they don't do well there. The current game's going on. The fourth quarter, we have uh, Geelong and Western Bulldogs. Geelong is currently winning by eight points, um, which means the Bulldogs will be out of finals. Only eight points though. There's only four and a half minutes to go in that. So I might go and catch the end of that. And West Coast are currently beating Adelaide. Let's go. Maybe we do get Harley Reid. There's so much riding on this. It's currently half time, and they're only up by 11. So, look, who knows? Um, Oscar Allen's kicked three. Oh, Tex has already kicked two. Damn it. I was hoping they'd hold him. That means hey, he needs five to go ahead of Nick Larkey. So, look, hopefully Nick Larkey finishes second in the Coleman. And uh, Tex, yeah, stay in Adelaide, mate. We don't care about you. I don't remember who I tipped for the rest of these games. We still got Richmond Port, Swans D's and Blues Giants. A lot of footy to watch tomorrow. Good luck to North Melbourne in their VFL game we touched on with Admin 3 just before. Um, get down to Casey Fields if you can. Um, and then next week, hopefully, we can be playing finals down at Port Melbourne and win the VFL Grand Final. Imagine that. That'd be so wild. Get down to that if you can. Thank you for listening, guys. That's probably all. I'm tired. I'm going to go eat some food, edit all this, and get it up for you for Sunday morning because we won a game, and you guys deserve that for all the uh, the love and the messages and everything I get. Um, once again, I'll always apologize for my slow replies on Instagram and Facebook. I'll get to you guys eventually. I am a very busy man, and I like to nap, so probably doing that instead. But I'll go through this weekend and reply to everybody. I really appreciate it. Everybody messaging me there, wanting my opinions um, and just sharing content around with you guys because, look, let's get a little bit philosophical for a second. Maybe not philosophical, you know what I mean. This is the first year I've started this podcast and I had no idea that this podcast would be as successful as it has been. Um, you know, 
I was dying for a North podcast. There's a couple out there which are also very good, and I, I listen to um, like hashtag Kangaroos and North Pod now, which are the other two floating around at the moment. Um, and I listen to those podcasts every week, and they're really, really good. I never thought that me talking about North Melbourne in my in my house, um, just as a fan, would ever blow up like it has this year. So, thank you to everybody who's listened once, listened every week, everyone who comments. Um, I don't even know what to say, guys, to be honest. I never thought that this would be a thing. Um, a couple of people have come in to the barbershop who listened to the podcast and and booked with me and talked north, um, you know, just to say hello. A couple of guys at games have recognized me as well, which is something I never thought would happen in Bay 29. So I really, really do appreciate it, guys. I don't want to go and start getting all emotion, but... This is crazy. Um, there'll be plenty more content through the off-seasons, like we said before. So I'm not going anywhere. This isn't a goodbye. Um, but I just thought this is the last round of the season. What a roller coaster it's been. Um, committing to watching every North Melbourne game <laughs> this year and talking about the team I love so much has been a wild ride because I love them. I hate them. You guys have heard me all year lose my mind a few times. So thank you for listening. I hope you're all coming back next year. Tell your friends, if you know any other North fans, please share it around. We need to grow this thing as big as possible. We're going to try and make the biggest North community ever here, Bay 29, closer to a flag. And we're going to all jump on this train, this Clarkson train, stopping all stations to Premiership City. So thank you again, guys. Further North podcast on uh, Facebook, Further North pod on Instagram. Get around it. Share with your mates. God, how you guys listen to me every week? I've got no idea. Next week, hopefully a big round table end of season podcast. It's going to be massive. It might be a couple of hours long. Might be two parts. Who knows? Hopefully Marnie and Admin 3 are back for that. All right, that's it. See you guys. Love you lots. Go room. North Melbourne. Yay. Jack Seedle, Ben Cunnington. All the stuff. Shinbone Spirit. See you guys. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Further North Podcast. We'll be back next week with more great North chat. See you then, Bruce Vance.